So, um, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Huh? What do you, what do you think is going to happen when I go to prison? When I go up the road? Huh? Bro was terrified to go to prison. I'm talking about he was absolutely terrified. All right, good afternoon. This is State of Florida versus Stephen Testa with multiple cases before the... What's poppin', man? It's your boy, Eadie King, and this is the Incarceration Podcast, where I talk about prison, pre, post, and present, and how everything that I experienced throughout my incarceration has forever changed my life. This is the incarceration. Forever convict family, listen, we are on the journey to 5,000 subs. We are almost there. Listen, the goal is to get there before Christmas. So we got a little over 30 days to get there. So if you have not subscribed, scroll down right now. It's a tiny bit. Subscribe. And if you have, share this video with somebody you know hasn't. If you've been incarcerated, whether you've been in a county jail, state, or federal prison, man, share your stories. Put them in the comments below. And if I haven't addressed or spoken on a specific topic of about incarceration that you've experienced or you're um, interested or curious about, man, put it in the comments so we could talk about it. So listen, just run it up, just blow up this channel, and I'll continue to follow the journey. So I'm in the county jail, and I'm going back to prison my second time. So whenever you go to county, especially like my county jail, like it wasn't in a huge city, Sarasota, Florida. Um, so it's a, it's a smaller county jail. And even if you're going to prison, you're in a prison pod. But from my experience, the times that I've been to county jail, of course, there'll be a few guys who've been to prison already in that pod previously. But more often than not, it seems like while I was going to prison, at least in my experience, I was maybe only one of a few guys who've already been to prison in this pod, like in the county jail. So the people who are facing prison time and they know that they're going up the road who've never been to prison before, oh man, they're coming to me and the other guys who've been to prison and they're asking us a million questions. And I didn't blame them. You know what I mean? I understand how it was when I was 18 years old going to prison for the first time. Well, knowing I was going to prison when I was in the county jail, I was absolutely terrified. You know, so I'm trying to, I heard war stories, of course, from my homies who came home from prison, you know, who were in the streets and, you know, went up the road and came back. So I heard all the stories. I watched the TV shows and seen it on movies and, of course, heard stories in the county jail. But whenever I knew I was going to prison or facing prison time, I wanted to do my own research as much as I possibly could. So I was asking a million questions as well. So I understood when these guys were asking me questions about prison. But this one dude, man, he kept pulling up on me. I remember I'd be working out. You know, I was never really too friendly, especially like in the county. And I knew I was going to prison. It was a violation of probation. I already know I'm going to go to prison for another two years. So I just, you know, I'm in the county. I'm just doing my workout grind and, you know, getting back into work. God led me to repentance immediately. So I'm back focused on the Lord and I'm just staying to myself, you know, just working out. And he would always pull up on me, you know, like when I'd be done working out and I'm you know, eating my workout meal, you know, watching the TV or whatever. And he would always pull up on me while I was by myself. And he'd be like, hey, let me highlight you, bro. I'm like, what's good? I already know he's asking me questions about prison. So I just remember he would always come to me 
asking me about prison, but this is something that was different about his questions. He didn't tell me the first couple of times when he started asking me about prison, but then I think as he began to like see my personality and he felt like I was trustworthy and I was cool and I, you know, I wasn't like on some crazy like jitterbug, like gang banged out type of mentality. I wasn't going to put him on blast to the dorm or whatever. He began to open up to me and tell me that he actually worked in prison. He said, but not a guard. I wasn't, I wasn't an officer. I wasn't an officer. You know, I was a maintenance man. You know, he made sure that he explained to me he was a maintenance man and he only worked there for a couple weeks and you know, he quit because he didn't want to be in the prison environment or whatever. He got back caught up in the street life or whatever. Um, so he was just asking me if he, if I thought that the prison administration would know. And, uh, he did it kind of like, you know, subtly. He wasn't, um, too like, adamant about that topic, but he did let it out over time. So I kind of believed him. I really didn't think anything of it. Um, I thought maybe he was a maintenance man and he was just curious, you know, of what he was facing whenever he went up the road, because I think he already knew he was going to, you know, accept his plea deal and that he was going to go to prison. So, uh, he was obviously scared though about going to prison, which is normal. You know, guys who've never been to prison the first time, you know, they got a million questions because they're, you know, in fear of the unknown. But this guy, he was a little bit more fearful. So the day comes for going to prison. Well, that morning, you know, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, while you're in the county jail, the trans, uh, the transit officers never let you know what day or what time you're leaving because of security purposes. You know, they do their rounds during count. They hit your cell, you know, pack your stuff up. You're going up the road, you know, so I'm waiting on, I'm waiting to get transferred, go up the road because, you know, the county time's hard time. I can't wait to go back to prison. I already done, the, I already did a ride before. I already know what's ahead of me. I just want to go up the road, man, do my little two years, you know, get my swole on, you know, get back, focus on the Lord and, uh, man, just go home. You know, it's different whenever you've already been to prison before. You know what to expect. You know how to do your time. And uh, I did more time my first bit. I did two and a half years. So to me, going back to prison only after being out for eight months, of course, it sucked. But I knew that two years was just a quick vacay. And I already knew what to expect. So I was ready to go back up the road because prison time is way better than county time. So uh, but guess who's on the van with me going to prison? A scary guy. So, uh, I can see, man, that morning. And once again, man, it's understandable guys who've never been to prison before. They're scared. So you can see it, you know, on people's face, you know, even for the most part when guys are trying to mask it, you know what I mean? And not look nervous and not look scared. Uh, but man, it's written all over his face. He's pale white and he's just looking terrified. I mentioned before on the incarceration, it's a whole season. So I think it might be episode one or episode two, man. After this video, go check it out. It's another playlist. It's called the incarceration. All I do is tell like chronologically, like detailed prison stories. Uh, but one thing I talk about in one of those episodes about no matter who it is that you are when you go into prison, if you've never been before, man, for the most part, everybody's scared internally. Some people are just better like at putting on a poker face and being able to mask it but this guy man like he was so scared like ain't no way he can mask it he was just shook and you could see it so uh obviously i'm observant i see it you know what i mean i i register it but i don't really pay too much attention after that but then we get 
to the prison. So right when we get to the prison, I'm talking about immediately, right whenever, you know, the police, you know, from the prison, they get on the van, they're screaming, they're yelling at everybody, telling everybody what to expect. Just the whole charades and, you know, the whole first day ordeal, trying to intimidate everybody, screaming, yell, get everybody off the van, make everybody strip down, get butt naked, squat and cough, put aside our property, do all this stuff, give us the whole stupid speech about what to expect and they don't play and this is their house and the whole first day experience right after like and I think maybe even in the middle of that whole ordeal you know one of the um officers comes out from like intake and I think he might have been a sarge he says such and such you know calls the guy's name and uh, him and another officer come up and he's like yeah yes sir and they go up and they cuff him up immediately and they take him so right then and my mind, like I said before, I kind of believed him that he like was a maintenance man. And it's because he wasn't being like too, uh, he only said it that one time. And I guess maybe if I cared more, if I put more thought to it, I maybe would have figured that he was a police or whatever. But, you know, he seemed like a meth head. He didn't really like, to me, feel like he was ever a prison guard. Um, but whenever the police cuffed him up and they took him away that fast, it hit me right then. I said, yeah, he was the police. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just immediately it made sense. I like get registered in my mind that like he used to be an officer. He wasn't a maintenance. He wasn't a maintenance man. He was a guard, and uh, that's exactly what happened. You know, we go through the whole ordeal of you know being outside in the cage where the you know the van and trans the transport vehicles are, and whenever they finally bring us in, like after a couple hours inside, and we're sitting down in our boxers, and we got to go see the nurse and get our vitals, and they got to look at our tattoos and all this long line of never running stuff that takes literally all day of going through intake. Right when we get in the building, you can see all the officers and this is a reception center. So there's a whole gang load of officers everywhere. But you can see the officers that keep going back to like the bubble, you know, which is like the officer station. And it's tinted, but you can still kind of like see in and see the sil silhouettes. And you can't see like detail details, but you can see like everybody going up by the computer. So all the officers keep going in there and they keep circling up behind the computer and all like pointing at the computer, laughing. They come out and they got this guy, that inmate, um, but who used to be a prison guard. They got him in the holding cell. So they all walk by. Some of them are going over there talking to him and some are laughing and you just hear them talking amongst each other. Um, so immediately, even amongst the, like the guys coming from the county jail, you hear everybody else kind of catches on too. Like, yeah, he used to be an officer here. And come to find out, man, he didn't just work there, you know, for a couple of weeks, like he said, as a maintenance man. But this was an officer who was there for some years um, and he was known on the pound. So I don't exactly know like what happened to Buddy. You know, I end up, you know, I think going to the East unit or whatever and end up going getting transferred to my permanent uh, place of housing, my permanent prison. And I never heard anything about the guy again. I don't know where he went. You know, they took him to confinement. He was obviously under PC, which is protective custody. Um, but the whole reason why I bring up the entire story is because whenever officers go to prison, 
99% of the time, that's what happens. Administration will immediately uh, classify them as protective custody. But this is what I want to like really speak on, right? Because when people hear like PC, like you hear like in rap music all the time, like, oh, you PC, like you a check-in, like you're scared to be on the pound. So they go to protective custody. Like a lot of celebrities do that because they're celebrities. You know what I mean? So some of these convicts, man, they're animals. So they would love to get some, you know, some celebrity booty, you know, some of these rapists or, you know, um, sexual predators or just violent people. They love to try to extort or wet up or whatever some of these celebrities. So it's known. And it's common that a lot of celebrities can go PC, but some of them, man, nah, they're men, they stand alone too, and they go straight to GP, going straight to the pound. You know what I mean? They gonna be with the killers, and they gonna be in there if they on that type of time. They gonna be in there on that type of time too, whatever. Um, but especially for police officers and lawyers, they're obviously favored, you know, by default when it comes to the prison administration. So their file, when it comes from the county jail, is immediately going to be red flagged. So whatever, you know, reception center or prison they're going to immediately before they don't even got to check in. They don't even got to go to the officer and say, I'm scared for my life. Please lock me up. I'm scared. No, nah, like don't even have to do that. Like the police already know who they are before they even get there. They already got their file. They're already flagged. So even if they don't want to go PC, you know, like administration has already has that set in stone in their structure that they're going to protective custody. But people think that PC sweet, right? They think that, all right, some people think that it's locked down like 24 hours a day, 23 hours a day. And at certain prisons, it is. Like when you go to a regular prison and they don't house PC inmates there, like it's general population, right? If somebody gets into some conflict or somebody's scared or if somebody just trying to get transferred and they want to snitch on somebody and, and get transferred or whatever, they'll go PC. So when they go like to the police officer and say, Hey, yo, I'm in fear for my life. I want to go PC, whatever. Whenever they go PC, they immediately put them in cuffs and then take them to confinement. And they got to go through this long process of being investigated of why they're going PC because the administration knows that some people just want to get transferred. So that's why it's like, a known thing that most people who go PC and get transferred, a lot of them have to snitch. A lot of them are on that type of time, so they snitch anyways, or they have to have like a valid reason of why they need to be transferred or why they're in fear for their life, or they have to prove snitch why they're in fear for their life, whatever, that that's normally the main like scenario of how guys go PC. And that's done by the inmate though. You know what I mean? So they don't house PC inmates on the general population. And when the guys check in, they'll put them in confinement and they're locked down, you know, 23, 24 hours a day, you know, get an hour rack 23 hours a day until they transfer them to another institution. They can get off PC. They can go back to general population or like the guy that I was just mentioning, the officers or the high case lawyers, they'll be housed permanently under PC. And now that's what I want to talk about today is the permanent housing PC units. Ain't that sweet, man? Don't get me wrong. Like a lot of these units and not everybody on the PC, man, is like soft and scary. I'm not trying to imply that either because sometimes administration will enforce certain inmates to go PC. Like an inmate could get stabbed like 
time and time again. Like he gets, he, he gets, like he keeps getting stabbed on the pound. He gets stabbed on the pound, gets sent to the hospital, comes back, gets stabbed again, goes to another prison, gets stabbed again because there's some type of gang war going on. And even though he's not going PC, he's like, nah, I'm, I refuse to go PC. The administration can like force him to go PC. So. I'm also want to like clarify that too. I'm not trying to say like anybody who ever went PC or whatever is soft, nothing like that. Um, but what I'm trying to explain is some people think that just because the police or these lawyers go to PC units that they're safe. And that's not true. Cause some of these PC units, like I just mentioned, and that's why I had to explain that some of these guys that will be like in gangs, and they'll be caught up in the big gang war or they'll be ex-gang members and they choose to like get unactive and they fold and, you know, their own gang, what's them up or whatever the case may be. When the administration makes these guys go PC, you got some cold-blooded killers, you got some savages, you know, you got some guys who just aren't cops, who just aren't attorneys, who just aren't sexual offenders or sexual predators with crazy sex cases who can't be on the pound. These are, you know, there's killers back there too. So I've heard crazy stories stories about guys in the PC unit, you know what I mean, that, and especially guys who maybe not be like the most savage killer, like on the general population pound, but the moment he gets in the PC unit and he sees all this other shark bait around him, he feels like he's the biggest shark. Um, so yeah, man, but I don't know about every state. Um, I'm pretty sure I've heard about certain states, man, that house like officers and attorneys like separately you know away from the other protective custody um inmates because like i mentioned some of the other protective custody inmates really don't really classify as protective custody because they didn't put themselves their administration did or even if they did they're still like extremely violent or whatever so once again man the whole point of this episode was to give you a snapshot of an experience that personally that i seen somebody go through a guy in a county jail who turned out to be a um, prison officer who went to prison and uh, was forced to go pc um so listen man this is just another inside look of what prison is like so forever convict family once again we are on the journey to 5,000 subs if you haven't subscribed subscribe right now please share this video go ahead and put your comments go ahead right below any of your prison stories jail stories any questions you got man we're gonna talk about it so y'all stay tuned and y'all keep following the journey man let's blow up this channel and once again if you did not know i am a rapper my artist name is ei the king you can find me on all music platforms apple music spotify all the links are below i also have another youtube channel it's my official artist channel with my music videos all the music is definitely a lot of it is about prison as well and that youtube channel is in the description below it is ei the king on youtube and i also have a patreon i will be releasing exclusive never before seen prison footage so it's under construction right now everything is in the description box below so y'all check it out